I'm Mike Vardy. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. And this is the Productivityist Podcast. So I'd never spent any real time in Atlanta before. I'd driven through Atlanta when I was a kid going to Florida because that was what we did in Ontario to escape the winters. But I never spent an extended period of time there. I did that at NAPO 2016, and I got to meet today's guest there. Marithu Parikh was a treat to be around. I wanted to have her on the show. She is a pro at aligning business goals with structure. So I want to talk about alignment and automation with her today. She's a productivity coach, she's a business strategist, and she is a speaker and a trainer. And what she does, she helps people get clear on their priorities, powerfully manage their time, create efficient systems, and you know how much I love those systems, and embrace life-changing habits. So I had a great time chatting with her on this particular episode during this conversation, as well as, of course, we get to hang out and have lunch together at a, at a cool little pub in Atlanta. So uh, we didn't record that conversation. We surely recorded this one. You're going to hear it now on the Productivityist Podcast. Enjoy. So after a false start, we're totally aligned now, right, Murthy? We're totally aligned for this. Totally aligned. <laughs> we're on the same page. And you know what's interesting is that, uh, you know, I was explaining to you before we recorded that, you know, we made some changes uh, a while ago with regards to the, the way we introduced the episodes. And it's still not in me. It still hasn't quite automated. I haven't self-automated this where I tell, you know, people I'm, I'm chatting with that, oh, by the way, we're going to, you know, there's some stuff we do, some voodoo that I do before we talk. So I'm glad that uh, we, we, we got on the same page here. Thanks for joining me today. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So speaking of automation, um, you know, we ha- we've had, uh, we talked about automation quite a bit on the podcast, especially recently. Um, more so than ever before, because as my business has grown, and and as those who listen, um, those of you out there that are listening, that your business have grown, you know, automation's becoming more essential, and it's it's easier to do than ever before, isn't it? Absolutely, it is so simple. I mean, I I pride myself on simplicity, and I don't know if it's because I'm lazy or because I just like things simple. <laughs> probably a bit of both. So probably, easy. it's yeah. probably a bit of both. Probably both. <laughs> but you don't need any, I mean, you can use all the apps and tools and everything out there, but you really could just use like a Google spreadsheet, a Google doc. You know, you I, I really say start with the Google suite and you can start documenting everything. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the, like, where, like, just starting simply, because I I think a lot of people, I mean, if you, if you've listened to the episode where I talked to Wade Foster uh, of Zapier and you've read my post about the whole idea of self automation, 
um, you know, a lot of people get overwhelmed by that initially. So you, you, you mentioned like starting simply with the Google, like, can you dive into that and, and unpack that a little bit? Absolutely. I think that if we, again, keep it really simple in your mind and think like, I'm just going to make a checklist for everything that I'm doing from the time I start, you know, working my business in the morning to the evening. If we start keeping these types of checklists or just processes really simply documented on, like I said, a Google doc or Google spreadsheet, that is going to be your first step in sort of automating everything for for you. So for instance, we just, you just said something about how the the intro to this, how, you know, you just changed it up and we're still sort of learning it and maybe, you know, just making that part of your process. Well, if that's something that, and perhaps you already have this, but let's say if we're back to that Google spreadsheet or that doc and we're writing down, okay, on the beginning of the podcast, tell the person you're interviewing there, how we're going to lay out the call and what the intro is going to be like. And you sort of have this checklist of things you're just going down. Um, that is a, a sort of a self-automation. And so what this does is it frees up so much mental space because you don't have to worry about what did I forget to tell them or have to spend your time and your energy and your brain power on remembering all the details, right? Things don't fall through the cracks anymore. You sort of it's just this like self check for you. It's this insurance policy that things are going to get done in the right order. You haven't forgotten anything. And then you can simply take that checklist or that document or that process and pass it on to someone else. If you're training somebody, if you're hiring someone on your team, if you're sharing it, um, just, you know, with a colleague and brainstorming, you have that all there. And I also find like when things are written down, that's when you can identify gaps and opportunities. So when you have something you know, written in the, let's say, let's say it's a blog post, right? You're every week, you're doing a blog post and you've been doing this forever and you sort of have all that information up in your head. But when you actually start getting that process down on paper and you're like, okay, well, first I'm going to open up my, you know, MailChimp and then I'm, you know, and all the different steps you're writing it down. All of a sudden, when you're seeing it visually, you might be able to say, oh, you know what, here's a step that I could, I could either have somebody else do, or I can simplify this, or this seems repetitive or what, you know, and it, it's, it also opens it up that way. It's just, it's, there's so many benefits of just kind of writing everything down in sort of this checklist format over the course of the day. When you get into helping people with this, with this kind of thing, uh, you know, I find, and, and even if, if for me as well, it, it the, the process of doing this can become overwhelming at first, which is somewhat ironic because it's designed to help you stave off overwhelm in the long run. How do you walk through with, with the people you work with to make sure that they, they don't get, they don't get to the point where they're like, Oh, you know what? I'll just do it later. Or, you know what? This, it's really not that critical. Like, I mean, when I talk about where I spoke to Michael Gerber um, of, uh, he's got the book now called beyond the E-Myth. He talks about, you know, again, that, that, that idea of working, you know, on your business rather than working in your business, right? Um, how do you kind of help people separate themselves so that they can put these processes in place so they've got more of a process, more of a balance between a, a process-driven outcome and a results-oriented outcome? Well, so I think you hit on something really important about um, what you just said about Michael Gerber. I, I think this actually is, to me, this is the working uh, uh, 
on your business. Like this, mm-hmm. to, to creating the processes to me is like that five was part of that 5%. If you hear that five, you know, work on that 5% of your business to me, this is part of that. So this is what's going to help you streamline. What's going to help you delegate. What's going to help you automate. It's going to help you grow your business, free up your time. So to me, this is such a critical part, but in terms of actually, you know, getting yourself to do it and motivating yourself and making the time, I'd say, you know, start with one project at a time or one you know, task that you are outlining. Again, if it's your, it's how you do your blogs or how you do your podcast or how you even have a sales conversation, just start with one. Okay. Start with one thing. Don't try to do five of them or 10 of them at a time. We know that's just overwhelming and that, you know, makes you procrastinate one. So pick one, um, set that time on your calendar as you would any other, you know, task that we're going to be working on, say for, you know, use your Pomodoro technique or however, whatever tools and tips that you have to make yourself sit down for that 25 minutes or that, you know, 45 minutes of your day to work on that process. And then, you know, continue to schedule it during the week. I definitely think that we overestimate the time that this is going to take. You know, I think it's something that, um, it, yeah, it may take a week or two weeks, but in our minds, we think it's going to take months, you know? And so when we just actually sit down completely focused, undistracted and block out that time to work on just one of these processes at a time, I think it'll be amazed how quickly you can get through that. You know, one of your posts, you talk about the learning curve, the dreaded learning curve. And I, I've set up a day where I just set aside for train, I call it training day. And I think you've, you've heard me talk about this where it's, you know, I learn and I train on that day so that my my brain is wired to do that. How, especially during this process, because there is a lot of learning going on. And, and first off, I mean, I'll we'll, we'll pack unpack this into two separate questions. But explain to me, you know, break this blog post down a little bit more. But how do you? Because I think the learning curve is something that you're going to have. But how do you make it uh, more? More palpable, I guess, is probably the or palatable is probably the better way to say it. Sure. So you mean in terms of someone starting this process? Or yeah, or just in, or 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 both. I mean, because the process is is you know in order to I think starting this process is one aspect of it, but I think in general, you know, I mean, a lot of people are trying to do a lot of things, and when they start to automate some of the things they no longer need to worry about, they're going to try to take on new things, right? You know, they're going to try to learn how to use ConvertKit or they're going to try to learn how to do a sales funnel or whatever, or they're just going to try to learn how to, you know, how to knit. Uh, you know, I mean, how, how do you, how do you, uh, how, what, what are some of your advice, pieces of advice on, on kind of uh, mitigating that learning curve as much as possible? Well, so there's, um, one is of course, research, um, you know, researching it, reading the reviews, talking to colleagues, I think is so important. Um, I would imagine that most entrepreneurs or, you know, people just starting their businesses are part of other groups, whether it's online or Facebook and trainings or in person. And so just sort of raising your hand or sending out that email or even that quick text that says, Hey, you know, I'm considering using, you know, I need an email service provider. What do you guys suggest? And so I think that's a lot because when you're speaking to people who are in similar situations or have similar experience or are where you want to be, they are going to have a perspective that's very different than let's say the company that's selling it or, you know, um, like they're really going to have that firsthand experience. So number one, I always say, just reach out, like reach out to your, your, your peeps and like, you know, see what their experiences are like. So you've really got to take this culmination of this research, best practices, experience. And then of course, just your resources at that time, you know, um, based on maybe your monetary resources, your time, your effort, you know, sometimes you might know that, 
one product is just, it's just clearly going to be better, but it, it it's just not doable at this time. Like you just don't have the resources, whether it's your time or your money. So you're going to have to go with the in-between, you know, and until you get there. Um, but know that, you know, that learning curve is just, it's a continuous process, but each time I will say this each time it gets easier and easier and easier, right? Cause you're sort of are like building up your confidence of knowing, Oh, I, I figured that other thing out last time. I'll figure out the next one. I'll figure out the next one. And it actually becomes a little, it can becomes less and less daunting because you know, you build up that confidence of knowing that I will figure this out, <laughs> you know? So you're big on systemizing. I mean, clearly that's a huge thing. And this even yeah. becomes a systemizer. How, I want to talk about alignment because I think that, that, that kind of, um, that kind of work, that kind of you know, building systems and automations can really lead to alignment when you kind of marry it up with, with the goals you have. How do you, um, how do what do you, what are your thoughts on alignment? Like, how do you, w- w- when you define it, like, how do you, how do you look at alignment, especially when you're working with clients? really being crystal clear on your goals and then looking at those goals and being crystal clear on your next actions. And it feels like that should be so easy, right? Because it feels like, well, of course I know my goal. I want to grow my business or, you know, I want to make more money or I want to impact more people. It seems like it should be so simple. (laughs) And, but it's so difficult because we know that, you know, those goals are, yeah, they're really big and they're higher reaching, but that leaves with, that leaves you with so much space and so many options of what to do. You know, what is your actual true goal? Where do you, where do you see yourself? Where do you want to be? What are your short-term goals? What are your long-term goals? You know, and then what are the specific, like really, really specific actions that are going to help you get there? And then how do you prioritize those actions? Um, I know you talk a lot about that because there are always a hundred different things we could be doing. So I really help my clients. Like once we can get crystal clear on what's your sort of immediate next, what's your big long-term goal? Yes. But then sort of like, okay, then what are the immediate steps we need to take to start getting there? I really like to work in sort of these two week sprints. I find like they really help take action, help people take action. Um, I think it's great. Of course you should have a big goal, have an annual goal, even have quarterly goals. It's great to have a vision. You should know where you're going, but sometimes that doesn't leave you with enough guidance for what to do in the day to day. So if you kind of set up these sort of two week goals or two week sprints, you know, that then you're like, okay, well, I'm trying to reach this next little step in the next two weeks. Now I can look at my day by day over the next 10 days, let's say, and see exactly how I can fit that in and make that happen. So, t- so talk about a typical, let's talk about a two week sprint, because I find that most people tend to work in week chunks or in month okay. chunks, right? But you've kind of parsed it down to like the two weeks. So can you walk me through that process? So, because I, I find it that it's, it, it, I'm not saying it's arbitrary, but it's kind of one of those things where it's not conventional, if you know what I mean. Yes. Yeah. Um, let's say a two week goal right right now, let's say, let's say I want to make some website updates, right? There are specific, there are specific website updates you want to make. So, and, and just to back up, you may have two or three, two week goals. Like I'm right. not, it's not 10, but it's about, you know, I say up to three. So you're working on different things simultaneously. You're moving a lot of things. You're moving several things, not a lot of things, a couple or several things at the same time. So at the end of that two weeks, you're really accomplished. Like you really move forward. So if we're staying with that one goal about making these website updates, it might be something that you've been procrastinating for a long time, or you just haven't sort of like bit the bullet on exactly what you want to update or what you want to do. And now that you're like, okay, I've given myself that two weeks, 
Now we're going to go back and say, okay, what are the priorities that you have to update? What are the, the most important things to update in those next two weeks? So maybe the most important things are your cart, you know, like the, the, the options in your cart, you need to add on a couple more products and this then means you need the photography and you need the verbiage and, you know, some will start breaking that, that down. Okay. Well, day one, maybe we'll get the photo for this product. Maybe day two, we'll write the copy. Maybe day three, we'll work on the shopping cart, maybe day four, you know, and we'll start breaking that down. So that really over the two weeks, you are consistently moving forward every day when you're making, having some type of accomplishment, you know, it's just motivating you and keeping you inspired to keep moving. And maybe it'll be done before the two weeks. Fantastic. But, but, you know, but sometimes I just find like the one week is just, it just, is just too short to kind of right. reach something. Um, and then the one month again, can feel like, Oh, I'll get to it next week. And I just have found, and I've just kind of, you know, it's not set in stone, but I have just found the two weeks works really well. It's not too short, but it's not too long that you lose sight of your goals. Right, right. Now, now let's talk about how you move those forward with the two areas that you talk about. And we talked about this when when uh, leading up to the interview is there's two areas that that if you want to grow their business and, and really, I think it's beyond business, too, at this point. I think it's a, it, there's a lot of life factor stuff in here as well is the improvements need to happen in communication and technology. Where are you, when you talk about communication and improving that, what do you mean by that? Do you mean, you know, um, clearer communication? Do you mean, uh, you know, overall bet? Like, how do you, how do you parse that out when you're talking to somebody? Because uh, that to me could mean a whole bunch of different things. So when you were saying, I want, you need to improve your communication and then we'll dive into the tech stuff in a bit. How do how do you work through that with someone? So I actually think it's really intertwined, the communication and the technology. Yeah. And it's kind of just where we started, which is like that automating or putting out these processes and documenting. That to me is like a communication to yourself. Like number one, it holds, it's making you really, again, really crystal clear on exactly what are the steps? What are the next steps? How is this going to look like? How does this unfold? It's communicating. If you have a team, even if you just have a five hour a week VA, you know, it's helping, it's communicating exactly to them crystal clear here, step by step by step by step, what to get done. Um, and so that, so that is now intertwined with this sort of this idea of this automation, right. Or these simple processes to put it in place. Um, and then you're also being really communicating with yourself really clearly when we're talking about these goals. Um, you know, it's, it's what are exactly how am I communicating to myself? And again, to the greater team, what are our goals for the next two weeks? How are we breaking this down day by day? How am I making time for this? So it's sort of like a, a self-communication, but uh -huh. also it's in communication. But I think it it's sort of just, again, that like how are we all in alignment? How are we all, whether it's one person or five people or 10 people or whatever, moving towards the same goals at the same time that everyone is really clear of what they're responsible for, what the deadlines are, what we're going to be creating, you know, all of that information. Let's talk about the, the so let's talk about some of the technology tools that you use in order to promote again this this idea of alignment and automation because I think that there's some real power behind it. What are some of the technology tools that you use beyond? I mean, once you start to dive beyond like the 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 simple stuff that you t touched on initially, like what are some of those tools that you use uh, and that you recommend people look at when they're trying to get when they're trying to automate more. And I want to say more better, but that's not what I'm going to say. We try to automate more in, in a way that's going to serve you, serve you better. So I use Asana, which is, 
Again, really, really, really simple. It's like old school project management file, sub file, file, sub file. So it works well for me. And that's actually where we've created with my team. I have an assistant, a couple of, that's where we've created all of our processes. So I literally have a, a project that might say, I'll just go back to, you know, video, uh, blog, blog posts. And in that we've created uh, it might have 50 steps, literally. It's just step by step by step by step. So every week we'll just duplicate that. So when, after I write my blog post, I can pass it along to my assistant and she or he can just duplicate that process and their check boxes each, each one and just check down each step. So each of the 50 steps are completed. And that way I can see in Asana, which is a project management tool, I can see as, uh, tasks are completed. I can see where they are. If there's any confusion or miss, you know, they, they can write it back to me. We can, we can make that task more clear. Um, we just stay on top of all our projects that way. So that has been a fantastic, really, again, really simple, free, um, communication tool for us to help sort of automate that process to help delegate that process and for us to stay really clear on, on our goals and what we're trying to get done. What led you to Asana? Because I mean, I'm a big fan of Asana as well. We use it for productivity. I mean, there's a lot of tools out there. What was the, the, the impetus? Because I mean, there's other types, I mean, people will use, uh, again, I mean, I love the fact you can integrate Asana with Slack, of course. Uh, yes. you know, there's, there's, uh, you know, I mean, Zapier, which we talked about a little bit earlier, allows for a lot of integrations there as well. What led you to Asana versus a whole bunch of other tools that are out there? Cause there's, I mean, there's no shortage of tools, which is, I think where a lot of people get stuck. Yeah. I, um, I started off with Trello. Um, I had my, my web developer and an assistant both use that. So I was like, all right, sure. Let's just try that one. Um, and for me, it just, I, I love the visualness of it, but what I had a hard time with Trello was keeping track of multiple projects going on at the same time. I, they just kept on getting intertwined. I couldn't, I just couldn't see it properly. And maybe it's just, like I said, I'm more old school that I like folders and subfolders. Well, and, and now Asana has boards, so you can actually oh, have that board view if you yeah. want. And not, a, not everybody yeah. does, uh, but th it is there. Yeah. Um, and then I just, and honestly, I just tried Asana after that because I'd heard a lot about it. And it just, I think, again, for me, it's the simplicity of it, that it's just so simple. Um, and I love that. And I love some of the features of it. You can see that, you know, give, do, assign due dates. You can see where people are. You can check it off. You know, you it it, it just works really well for me. Awesome, awesome. Let's let's talk a bit more about like how uh, there's a blog post you wrote about which which uh, which I found you know especially after reading Stephen Pressfield's Turning Pro and I've read it a while ago. You got a, this is from this is from uh, earlier uh, in the summer last year where you talk about what got you from amateur to pro, and I love where you talk about the kids. And this is where you and I can kind of uh, we're, we're we're also aligned in this in that we have kids and we work, you know, we, you work from home. Right. So um, you mentioned that you always used your kids as an excuse for the impact and income you could make. I want to yeah. uh, can you dive into that a bit deeper? I know we're, we're, we're going a little I, I think this does have quite a bit to do with alignment because I struggle with the same thing as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I say in that, that, um, you know, for the longest time when my kids were young, it would, that, that was exactly what I said. I would use them as an excuse. Like I can't, I only have a certain amount of hours in my day. I, you know, how can you expect me to grow this? I would tell my husband, you know, this is just, it just, 
I don't have the time for this. I'm doing some other things. And I say when things changed for me or when I went from amateur to pro was instead of using them as an excuse, I use them as a motivation. And so instead of like, I only have five, you know, four hours in a day. Now I'm like, I only have four hours a day. I better make it super, super productive. You know, I better make mm-hmm. it super efficient. And I think that just sort of, when you have that change of mindset, that's when you're looking for these types of things. You're like, how can I automate things? Where can I delegate? How can I make it? Um, how do I stay super focused and in alignment on what's important, right? I always say like focus on the, on the right things. Like I help people focus on the right things. There's a million things, especially when you're working from home, because it's just in your face all the time, right? The kids are screaming the laundry and the the dish. And there's just so much more sort of just visual stuff around you. Um, and so to, you know, to keep your headspace and your mind, just really focus on the right things. What are the right things that are going to move my business? Is going to move the needle in my business forward right now today? Um, and so I think that to me was sort of the turning point to be like, you know, just to look at them differently or look at my situation instead of being like, oh, woe is me. Now it's like, oh, this is, this is like a gift almost, you know, like, I mean, I'm sure I didn't think that way, but I was like, okay, I just got to make this work as best as I can. This is going to help push me to make me more efficient. That wraps up this week's episode. Matthew, thanks so much for joining me. Where can people find you on the internet if they want to learn more about what you do and and how to get more aligned and, and automated in the process? Absolutely. Come on over to lifeisorganized.com uh, or lifeisorganized.com forward slash pro. And that will get you over to all the business hacks and productivity tools. Um, and I also love for your audience to come on over to lifeisorganized.com forward slash productivityist. And um, you can get a free download there called your 21 powerful productivity hacks for your biz. Um, and so, yeah, I think it, it would love to see. You. And I'm also really active over on Facebook, Life is Organized. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. This was awesome. Now, the story doesn't end there. Sure, this interview does, at least for people who are listening to the public edition of the podcast. But for those of you who are supporting the show through Patreon and our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash productivityist, you're going to hear more things such as the you know the, what the perfect to-do list is and, and things of that nature. Maritha and I continue the conversation, and we want you to be part of it. Head over to patreon.com slash productivityist. Find out about all the bonus content that's there, because in 2017, we upped the ante there. You're getting the weekly episodes early, before anybody else. You're getting two bonus episodes per week now, one with a guest that has either been on the show or will be on the show in a full-length interview, as well as thoughts and discussions and ideas that I have just on my own in another bonus episode. All that you get for as little as $1 a month as a supporter. And there's a ton of other perks there too. So head over to patreon.com slash productivityist to learn more about that. If you like this episode and or every episode before this one, leave a rating or review in iTunes. Even if you think we need to improve on some stuff, I'd love to hear about you there because what happens is, is that my podcast producer, John Polster, looks at it. I look at it. We figure what we can do to make the show better. A few months ago, we heard you wanted better show notes. Done. Uh, We heard from our Patreon supporters they wanted more content, you know, and they wanted to make it a little bit easier to digest. Done. We will do it. We want to hear from you. Feedback is always appreciated. That's it for this week's episode. I appreciated you listening to it. I appreciate John Polster for producing the show, and I appreciated Maritha for joining me on the show this week. That's it for this week. 
Until next time, I am your host, Mike Vardy, the Productivityist founder and the host of the podcast, reminding you to stop guessing and start going.